Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hook em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Yes, ma'am. You had better. Let's wake him up. Get him up. Get him going. It's Monday on Hook Him Up with Ian Rodby. That is right. A good, bad, and ugly Monday. What a weekend it was. Weather pretty miserable, but a winning weekend for the Cowboys and Texans. Winning weekend in a clutch variety for the Longhorn men's basketball team yesterday and a winning weekend for the Texas Longhorns. Now 10-1 in college football. Their first 10-win season since 2009. Struggled a little bit early to find some rhythm. Made a lot of mistakes, penalties, and uh, referees maybe early. But the Longhorns overcame it and uh, really outplayed Iowa State last two and a half, three quarters of that game in Ames. And the Longhorns sitting at 10-1. They have not yet locked up a spot in the Big 12 championship game. It's close. The Big 12 is trying to explain it all. There's a, still a tie with a bunch of teams behind. Behind the, uh, the Longhorns, we'll get into it. Longhorns, though, control their own destiny. They're the only one-loss team in the Big 12 with one game to play this Friday against Texas Tech. We'll talk lots of college football, lots of Longhorns. What a weekend it was. Hope you had a great one. We're glad you're with us to start our five-hour morning conversation on this Monday. Uh, we will... Roll it and appreciate you being there on 1019 or maybe on AM 1260. Could be streaming digitally, which a lot of you do now. We appreciate that so very much wherever you are all over the ATX and all over the world at uh, our Horn app and always at Horn FM. Dot com is going to be a fun Monday. It's a short week with Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday. Longhorns play Friday, so we got to dive into it. Five hours maybe will be enough today as we crank up, uh, uh, hook them up with Ian Rodby. And look who it is, our shutdown corner from the 713 originally down in uh, H-Town, DB High down there. Now, uh, then, of course, uh, 713, excuse me, down up here in the 512 at DBU. Four, year, four spots in the NFL now, 16 years doing great radio here in the ATX. The proud pop of the football theorist. He is a happy Longhorn sitting at ten and one. He is Rod Babers. What's up, Rod B? Uh, what's up, brother? Appreciate the uh, hospitality as always. Appreciate the intro too. And uh, yeah, can't wait to get to all the topics, including a lot of Longhorn football uh, with a big win in Ames, Iowa this past weekend. So we'll break all that down. Before we do, <clears throat> as we do every morning that we're on air, we like to give a shout out to those who serve our society, built on the selflessness of service. So for all those out there who serve in any capacity, we want you to know that we appreciate you, uh, whether it be God, country, or community. Uh, we uh, appreciate all the work you do. Soldiers, first responders, teachers, nurses, uh, waste management, you know who you are. Uh, all you different uh, folks out there. We can't name everybody, but just want you to know uh, we're thinking about you. Yeah, no question. Monday with you. It's a busy week. Short week as well. As uh, folks are I'm watching the local news here from the home studios in Onion Creek, Texas, and they've got uh, lines at the airport and doing the whole uh, travel thing with Thanksgiving and the holiday coming up on Thursday. That makes it a short week for us. It'll compress a lot of things. Uh, but we'll get to a lot of things. Longhorn's getting the win. Before we get to the headlines, Rod, fair to say, and you, you and I were part of the watch-along and our pregame show on Saturday ahead of the Iowa State game. You were part of the big postgame show, which I watched with uh, the folks at Inside Texas. Fair to say the um, 
Be the most focused four quarter game for Texas. I mean, they they you know struggled with some you know the penalties early. Had two touchdowns yeah. taken off the board by penalties. Uh, you know, kind of sluggish in the first quarter. But once they got off that script and figured out what Iowa State was doing, I thought uh, second, third, and fourth quarter Longhorns played some pretty good football, uh, despite some some questionable calls and all the stuff that went on there. But good win for Texas, twenty six sixteen in a uh, tough environment at Iowa Saturday night. Yeah, you could tell it was a win. The guys took a lot of pride in, right? The guys took to Twitter in response oh, yeah. to. To some of the bulletin board material, uh, even the Texas football social media accounts uh, <laughs> took some shots at, at at Iowa State and their blackout. So it was it was one of those games, and that's rare for Texas. Texas usually doesn't do that. They don't really go on social media and kind of take shots at other teams. And even Sark took some shots uh, in the post game. So even though they tried to downplay the bulletin board material, it was clear that it was a motivation for the guys. It was incentive for the guys. They felt disrespected, and I'm glad. Honestly, they needed that little bit of. Push. Uh, they needed every bit of it there at Ames, Iowa. Without that bulletin board material, who knows? That could have become a way tighter game in the fourth quarter. Uh, Texas able to pull away. They played with an edge, um, and I think maybe that's what you're thinking about, that you know that focus you're talking about. To me, it was like that, that edge they played with. Uh, there were a lot of things that went against them. The officiating early on, they were on the road. The injuries to guys like Jay Brooks. Guys were getting nicked up in that game. Yeah, Guys yeah. were going down in that game, and I was like, oh, it's one of them games. Guys going down, what? getting nicked up. Uh, the, 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 you talked the calls, the officiating went against them early on in that game you know Sark was feeling out that three high three down John Haycock I mean you're going against the arguably the best uh second half defense in the big 12 it's a top 10 second half defense in the country only Texas you know Texas second half defense isn't as good as Iowa State second half defense going into that game that's how good it was and in the chess match within the game I thought Sark did a great job of uh, answering the call I thought he actually gave his team a schematic advantage I'll go through it and we go behind the burn orange curtain but I thought he did a really good job of dialing up the right plays at the right time um, and giving his team a real chance to uh, to Agreed. pull away from Iowa State it, he he was the difference ladies and gentlemen it was it was Sark it wasn't I mean the guys played okay just watching the film they they made some plays but the plays they made were schemed up meticulously by Sark, that was one of the, that was it. That was growth from him, and just me as a football investigator and a football theorist watching him. I saw a lot of growth uh, from Sark in that matchup. Agreed. Now, sometimes your your head coach, your play coach, got to win you a game, and uh, you know, find a way. And you know, obviously, Iowa State hit the big fourth and short. No pop pass for a touchdown, which made it maybe maybe closer on the scoreboard. But the Longhorns ran out the final 320 on the clock, and uh, something they couldn't do last week uh, on the ground with C.J. Baxter. So yeah, a lot to like about the game. Uh, there were some frustrating points. There were times you're thinking, oh geez, man, two two pen- two touchdowns off the board with penalties, injuries mounting, and uh, you just felt like this was going to be an ominous night. In the end, the Longhorns win by 10 and uh, keep their hopes of a trip to the Big 12 championship in order. We're trying to sort out the Big 12 tiebreaker rules. Yeah, don't even worry about it. Just keep winning. Keep yeah, winning. You worry win about your game, that. and the Longhorns yeah. get. If you try to don't do any math, just keep winning. If you try keep to winning, figure it out, your your head might hurt. Of like, exactly. what would happen if Texas were to lose, and all the other two win don't teams, stress two lost teams. Out. Yeah, don't just take care of Texas Tech yeah. <laughs> on Friday. All right, let's get to the headlines, the trending topics. We just talked about it, but uh, college football will be our lead. But got college basketball, got the NBA, got the NFL. Big announcement from Jerry Jones. Let's get let's get to the top stories. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Top Gun Reynolds and Lonequin bring you the top stories of a Monday morning. Start with college football for the fifth consecutive week. The Texas Longhorns rank seventh in the AP Top 25 after that 26-16 win at Iowa State Saturday night. Secure the program's first 10-win season since 2009. Longhorns remain behind Oregon at six and just ahead of Alabama at eight. Uh, they are sitting alone in the top of the Big 12 standings, though, at seven and one. With this Friday's regular season finale against Texas Tech remaining, the win, Steve Sarkeesian's horns will lock up a spot in that Big 12 championship game. Could still get there with a loss, but as Roger said, you want to mess with that. Just get your victory Friday night, uh, 6.30 kick time. Was a change ahead of the polls this week for the first time in a while. Georgia remained number one solidly, but Ohio State jumped past Michigan into the uh, two spot. Michigan drops to three. Those two play Saturday, so it hardly matters. They'll, one of those teams will represent the East Division of the Big Ten Conference in their championship game against Iowa. More significantly, undefeated Washington moved past Florida State in the AP poll up to number four following their win at Oregon State on Saturday night, while Florida State rolled past North Alabama, but lost their starting quarterback, Jordan Travis, to a really ugly season-ending leg injury. That will be a factor moving forward. College basketball, what a finish at Madison Square Garden yesterday. A 19th-ranked Texas men's basketball team struggled for most of the afternoon in a game against in the Empire Classic. They found themselves down to unranked Louisville, 80-79 to late in the game, but in clutch time, the Texas defense forced the Cardinals into a 24-second violation. That gave the Longhorns the ball with seven seconds to go and time for one last shot. That's how maybe not. Let's see. Cunningham has it. Six seconds. They get it in the hands of Aismas. Guarded by Clark. Tough shot. Yeah, huge bucket from the Oral Roberts transfer. Max Aismas had struggled all afternoon, like much like the team. Nailed it when it mattered, though. Texas 4-0 on the young season. They will now face the defending national champions from UConn tonight in the championship game of that Empire Classic. That's a 6 o'clock tip from MSG. Texas women also 4-0 to start the year. They walloped Louisiana Tech yesterday, 96-44 at Moody Center. Week 11 in the NFL, a winning Sunday for both the Cowboys and Texans once again in Carolina. The Cowboys now 7-3. They crushed Carolina 33-10. Dak Prescott threw a pair of TDs, while corner Deron Bland had an NFL record with his fourth pick six of the season. Uh, big announcement ahead of yesterday's game when Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones announced that Hall of Fame head coach Jimmy Johnson will become the 24th member of the team's ring of honor when Dallas hosts Detroit coming up next month on December the 30th. Down in Houston, meanwhile, Houston Texans ran their win streak to three, proved a six and four on the year with a 21-16 win over Arizona. Rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud threw for 336 yards and two touchdowns. Also threw three interceptions for the first time in his young career, but the Texans defense rose up big and made late stops. They get the victory there. Week 11 wraps up tonight. Super Bowl rematch on Monday night. Football couldn't ask for much more of a good one. Kansas City, 7-2 Chiefs hosting the 8-1 Eagles at Arrowhead Stadium. An 0-2 night in the NBA for the Texas teams that played. Mavericks lost at home to Sacramento. Rockets lost a tough one to the Lakers out in L.A. 105-104. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Double up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non-perishable food items from Capital Area Food Bank. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. Yeah, we didn't get into the most remarkable stat. Obviously, we just uh, got into uh, the Texas win over uh, 
Iowa State, the most remarkable stat from the game is the nine yards rushing oh. that the Texas defense held Iowa State to. Nine rushing yards total. Uh, that's one of the most dominant performances I've ever seen from a Texas defense. That played on some really good dominant defenses. Uh, that is that's incredible, and he did that on the road um, against Iowa State, a team that wants to run the football. Uh, they aren't a dominant running team by any stretch, but man, I don't give a damn if you're holding any team to single digits rushing. That is quite a feat. Uh, so you're talking about this. Probably this, this is the the second best rush defense for Texas football in the last 15 years. This is the second best rush rush defense behind the 2009 rush defense. You hadn't had one at this good since then. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we, we talked about it after the Kansas State game. Kansas State came in as the best rushing team in the Big 12, and they throttled the run game, made them go past. Oh, and in this man. game, same thing. I mean, uh, you know, we we all wondered aloud well, why. Gerard Hufford, the offensive guard for uh, Iowa State, decided to poke the bear, decided to talk out and talk about Texas culture and Why ego. Gerard? And, Why, Gerard? Uh, and Tavondre Sweat, clearly. I mean, uh, you know, we'll hear it coming up, but Steve Sarkeesian, you know, made the, his captains for the game were Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. And uh, Sark said that was very intentional, that he mm-hmm. wanted those two guys to walk to the middle of the field and you kind of stare down the Iowa State sidelines and let them know what they were in for. And uh, those two guys backed it up every bit of the way, uh, for sure. The run defense, Jalen Ford was really good. But Tavondre Sweat is playing as good as any defensive player in the country right now. Yeah. I and mean, you can go across the country. I don't know that you're going to find a defensive player that's playing more consistently and more consistently dominant, Rod. No, you're not. I mean, he had that blocked, blocked, blocked extra, extra point. point. He had a pass deflection. Um, I mean, he and he was causing havoc the entire game. If you look, if you go back and watch him, mean, he really was. Uh, and he gave, I believe that that batted pass he had was against. Jared Hufford. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. And the blocked extra point was also against Jared Hufford. I have no idea why the young man did what he did. Why he came out and decided to talk trash to arguably Texas and the best D tackle room in the country and the best, arguably the best D tackle in the country into Vandre Sweat. But he did, and thank God he did. Good. If he did not, honestly, uh, this team when it came out focused, Vandre Sweat would have still done the same thing he did. Uh, but it was obvious. You go look at the comments the guys made, right? Jalen Ford, uh, his comment after the game is going, his quote, is his tweet, is going to be one heck of a farewell present. They are going to come in here on senior night in the dark. I don't think they really know what is going to be coming for them, end quote. He's Quoting Jared Hufford, um, Xavier Worthy. Yeah, we got an ego for show, and we got a culture and the talent to never be loud and wrong. And he added Jared Hufford on it. He actually tagged him. Tagged on him. It. Yeah. Yeah. Hope you had a good senior night, though. <laughs> uh, that's, Byron, kind, that's a kind thing to say. Yes. At least he was being courteous. Uh, Byron Murphy tweeted out nine yards rushing uh, with the curious emoji. Um, said dot dot dot. That's all. Don't write no check. You can't cash, little guy. Yeah, that's good. Um, that's so good. They, uh, the, it, it obviously meant something to them to be disrespected like that. And the good news is Texas Tech has also given you very similar bulletin board material <laughs> because well, they gave you stuff from way, way back in the offseason and after oh, their yeah. win over Texas last year. So you got more bulletin board material. Yeah. Not that they need it. They don't need extra motivation for this. And you one. know we'll re-rack it this week, and we'll hear Brett Yormark, and we'll hear Joey McGuire, and uh, that'll be out there this week headed up to Friday's game. And, you know, it is good. The Longhorns have not locked up a spot in the Big 12 title game. They need you know, just just handle your business. Keep playing focused football. Yep. Uh, and without run defense, you know, if they do make the Big 12 title game with a win Friday, 
They're, they're still most likely, it's not secure yet, but most likely to play Oklahoma State. That would give you a lot of confidence in that game because the strength of Oklahoma State is uh, the run game. It is. With Ollie Gordon, uh, the great running back for Oklahoma State. So, uh, yeah, that and, you know, Byron Murphy, you mentioned his tweet, uh, his play on a big third and eight late in the game where he just bull rushed the center and sacked the quarterback, like ripped him down like, like Godzilla, just grabbed him and, you know, just yanked him down, ragdolled the quarterback. Yeah. That, that set up that fourth and 17. And, um, you know, once they got off the field there, that game was just about running out the clock, and they did that. Uh, defensive front was great. Now, the p- secondary still has issues. We know that. They gave up over 330 yards to Rocco Beck. They still struggle uh, with inside breaking routes and coverages and things. But again, enjoy this team. They're 10-1 and for the first time since 2009. Uh, they have a chance to win a Big 12 title in the game. And look, they're sitting in the mix with the big picture. They really are. Whether they, um, you know, they are, are as good as Georgia or as good as some of the top teams, uh, look, I, I, look, you play yourself into those conversations. And right now with what's happening mm-hmm. at Michigan, um, look, there, uh, to me, big picture in college football, Rod, there's going to be a real conversation this week because Friday after our show uh, was when the Athletic reported and then there were multiple reports of really got to the bottom of why Michigan – you know, accepted the suspension for Jim Harbaugh and decided not to go to court. Uh, new information from the NCAA delivered to Michigan saying, hey, guys, you really don't want to fight this. We've got uh, we've kind of got you dead to rights here. And uh, the information led to the firing of a linebackers coach. Also, the uh, the the reporting of a booster. Mr. Uncle T, T. Uncle, Uncle T, Uncle T, who was maybe funding Connor Stallions in the uh, sign stealing operation. Uncle T, Uncle T, and then yeah. uh, then a link to the coaching staff, and then uh, the reason Michigan stated for firing the coach was, you know, they said it was you know not being transparent in the investigation. It ain't looking good. But the reports were that he was destroying evidence potentially, like mm-hmm. you know you hard drives, computer, and, yeah. which so, man, that is now you're getting to okay, guys. Uh, this, the cover-ups may be worse than the crime. Whether Whatever this sign-stealing scheme was, you start destroying evidence from a member of the coaching staff. Yeah, that obviously good. is a direct link to Connor Stallions, which ties it together with a booster. I mean, that becomes a major problem. And look, Rod, I really believe there will be a conversation, big picture, of do we give this team a spot in the Final Four? Now, if Ohio State beats them on Saturday, it won't matter because they'll be out. But even if they beat Ohio State and then beat Iowa in the Big Twelve t- Big Ten title game, there's going to be a conversation of do they belong yeah. with what's looming. And, and there do, should be. Should they give that spot to someone yeah. who's not involved in a scandal because we all can see this coming, that they go on to win the national championship, but it may not count. Do you really want that historically, that conversation being had? And then you add to that, Rod, what happened with Florida State and their young quarterback, the six-year quarterback, Jordan Travis, just a horrible injury early in that game. One of those compound leg fractures and just ugly. You, you, if you see it once, you never want to see it again kind of thing. So he is now out for the year. What a shame for a guy who was playing great football. But that obviously impacts Florida State. Uh, you know, they play Florida this week in their rivalry game. and they'd have to play Louisville in the ACC championship game without their starting quarterback. And that's going to lead the, com- the committee to, you know, if they go undefeated, they'll, they'll likely get in. But you're trying to get the best four teams. Yep. And is Florida State still one of the best four teams without their starting quarterback? Uh, so, again, those are two teams that may be tenuous at this point. And obviously Michigan and Ohio State are going to play this week, so somebody's going to lose that game. So, yeah, there's still a lot to play for, Rod. I mean, uh, Big that- 12 championship and a possible you know, slide into a, a spot. You I mean, you still got uh, Washington and Oregon playing in the Pac-12 championship game down the road. They both have rivalry games coming. So still a lot of college football left. Longhorn's in a really good spot. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a path now to the college football playoff, and the Long, uh, Longhorn players can see the path. Yeah. Uh, you just laid it out there very clearly, and I'm sure the players 
players are discussing it too. I remember talking about the BCS path right? uh, when I was a player. Uh, we were a team that was you know a double-digit win team late in the season, and we were looking to play for a national title. So it's it's one of those things where the players now, because they've put in the work, they've been able to execute, they've been able to win and be clutch in critical moments. Now they actually have a chance uh, to accomplish all their goals. Like all their goals now, even though they took the loss, you know, everybody's going to lose a game here or there. Uh, it's hard to go undefeated. And, you know, hopefully the teams in front of them don't, so we don't have to worry about this. But there are multiple paths now to the college football playoff for Texas, whether it be Florida State uh, and their quarterback situation and them taking a loss, uh, whether that be, you know, like you said, Ohio State and Michigan still have to play each other in Michigan with their scandal. Either way, the Longhorns are, man, they, right now they're the, to me, I think they're in control of their own fate largely. There's a, I haven't looked at the odds, but there's a really good chance that chaos will happen in front of them. That they'll, as long as they take care of business, that at one point that the path will be clear. But they have to, they they have to win win outs. That's, yeah, that's that's clear. They they take another loss and they're done. Anybody taking a loss this late, it's gonna hurt you. Like you're probably gonna be out of it. It's a rare circumstance to take a loss this late and then still be able to advance. This is consider this like the quarterfinals. Like the, the, right? you're in. This is basically essentially the playoff. We're still we're in it right now. These last, these last two weeks, you'll have this week, the last game of the season for everybody, and then you'll have the, uh, the championship games for everybody. Essentially, this kind of works out like the, the, a playoff. You're in it now. You're just in the first round of it. Yeah, this is, this is yeah, this <laughs> the is, first round. Yeah, of Texas Tech becomes a playoff game. It's the first round of it. Then you'll get to the, the quarterfinals, and then hopefully you can get to the semis. Well, and for, for folks, you know, getting a lot of, you know, messages and tweets and stuff or X's, whatever they're called, about the, the tiebreaker scenarios oh, that people want to know. Oh, well, look, so essentially for the Big 12, and here's the spot they're in, and people are talking about, are they making this up as they go? Mm. You know, look, if Texas were to lose and Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and K-State were to win, there would be a four-way tie for yep. two spots. So that becomes the challenge, right? You're trying to, okay, how do you decipher four different teams for two different spots? Because, you know, no one is just all the way in. So you're trying to, you know, they don't have a four-way tiebreaker scenario. They have a three-way tiebreaker scenario. Multiple team tie. Uh, this is a multiple team tie. So you don't, don't have to separate them. And uh, it becomes a, a real challenge. So Texas needs to avoid that. Uh, because if Texas loses, there is a chance, you know, that Oklahoma and Oklahoma State could gobble up those spots. And that would be virtue of Texas's lost oak. I can walk you through it. But, but it's a long scenario. Oh, I, yeah, I think in the, in the four-way tie scenario, Rod, I'm pretty sure K-State is eliminated for the most part because they lost to Texas and they lost to uh, – Oklahoma State this year, yep. uh, so they would be kind of out. Uh, but you know Texas, because then it comes down to like common opponent, and then it becomes down to the to record versus. The, I mean, essentially, if it's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas, Texas is going to be out mm-hmm. uh, of that if they're all seven and two. Uh, K-State doesn't really have a look at this right now. They need a lot to happen for them. But if those three teams, the two Oklahoma schools in Texas, are sitting at 7-2, and two, it's not good for Texas because of the loss to Oklahoma. Yep. And Oklahoma State's win over Oklahoma, essentially, is what it would come down breaker. to. The final tiebreaker, when you go down the list, the Longhorn loss to the Sooners and the Oklahoma State win over the Sooners would become the trump card. So, uh, you know, we can walk you through it, but it makes your head spin and you're dizzy and your head hurts <laughs> when that's over. But so, either way, beat Texas Tech is a 14-and-a-half point favorite on your home field on a Friday night. That's what matters. Uh, and that you're in. And, and as you said, you're still alive for the bigger picture as well. And, uh, you know, likely going to play, you know, Oklahoma State 
for the Big 12 championship, which is high times, right? Longhorns haven't been here since, you know, 2018. Uh, and even then, they weren't playing for the big picture things in college football. It's been 20, since 2009. And uh, I know coming up and behind the burn orange curtain, we'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, I know you'll talk about Sark and how he was one of the, the key to the win on uh, his game plan in that game. And, you know, this is, this is a high watermark for Sark, too, Rod. His first 10-win season as a head coach. And we talked when the season began, could this team – hit their ceiling, right? Could they, they, they looked on paper like the most talented Texas team since 2008 or 2009, and could they achieve that? And this is where you give this staff and this team credit. They still are flawed. They still have some issues in their safety position and secondary, but at the same time, they're really good in a lot of places. It's hard to win 10 games, Rod. It's hard yeah. to win double-digit games in college football. Um, and the Longhorns have achieved that, and now they can finish it off. So we'll talk more about that. We'll get to the Cowboys, the big announcement. How about Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson yesterday getting a little, uh, little emotional wow. ahead of the Carolina game. The Cowboys do what they do to bad teams. They wallop the Panthers. Deron Bland does what Deron Bland does, and that's return interceptions for touchdowns. <laughs> this guy, Deion Sanders or something, for crying Man, out loud. Hey, I'm telling you, he's, he's going to make all pro this year. He has to. He's going to make all pro. It reminds that's me wild. of uh, Cowboy fans that are old, old school will remember Edson Walls back in the oh, day. I, Dude, I, I've met Everson Ross a, a ton. That guy, guy was a ball hawk, he's, man. He's, that a great, guy, he's a great player. That guy had, I think he, he that guy was a pick waiting to happen mm-hmm. back in the day. This is Deron Bland. He's going to come out of nowhere as a sixth round pick two years ago, uh, turned into one of the best corners in pro football. He had another one yesterday that secured that deal. It's another game where the Cowboys had all their reserves in in the third, fourth quarter. It's like they got they Cooper Rush is in the game. You got yeah. it's like wow, this team. Uh, you know, can they beat good teams still down the road? Uh, they'll play Washington on Thanksgiving. Houston, Houston, six and four as they get a win despite three interceptions. Texans tried to give that game away yesterday, but uh, kind of like we talked about the Longhorns, their defense for the Texans stepped up and showed up for bailed it. out their young quarterback who for the first time showed some. Uh, tendencies he can be human he can be a human at quarterback not a machine back there but he still threw for 336 and a couple of touchdowns cj stroud so good in the nfl uh, good in college football got the longhorn basketball team we'll talk about they got issues rod they won that game well let's not remember let's not forget they were a 17 and a half point favorite in that game against a a louisville team who won all of four games last season and they they got uconn coming up and they got uconn tonight this one this could be a problem uh we'll talk about texas basketball but man don't take anything away from max acemas that was as Clutch a shot, as you're going to see, uh, over a bigger person, and uh, he knocked it down in a big way. Had a rough shooting second half, but still made the shot when it mattered. So there's a lot of good. There's some bad, and there's even some ugly as we crank you up on a Monday. Rod coming back with Behind the Burn Orange Curtain. Rock, uh, ride with us all morning long, all day long. Here on the horn, we're just getting warmed up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Monday on the Horn, the good, the bad, and the ugly from the busy weekend. Longhorns are 10 and 1 in college football. First time since 09. And can smell the Big 12 championship game. Maybe uh, a path to the big to the big dance, the Final Four. We'll talk about it throughout the morning and throughout a short week here with Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday. So if you have travel plans and uh, what's coming, one of the busiest travel weeks of the year is on tap. And uh, we'll certainly get you there with a lot to do. Also, good, bad, and ugly from Longhorn Basketball. Uh, Longhorns win the game, but uh, early season struggles. We have to figure out the, this roster and a lot of new players, how they play together. But uh, they still got the win yesterday in Lu- over Louisville. Caden Shedrick, how about a good there, man? That guy was hey. awesome yesterday. The Virginia transfer, mm-hmm. 
uh, 27 points. Now, he's playing with a bit of a bum shoulder, and they're trying to bring him along. But, man, he was the key to the win yesterday. He was really the, 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 the rock in the middle, the big 6'11 post, 27 big points, and uh, Louisville had no answer for him uh, on, a, on a poor shooting day for Texas for Rodney Terry. But when they needed the big shot from, from Max Acemas, uh they got it, and they won that game, and they'll play UConn tonight. Huge challenge for the Longhorns against the defending national champions and Dan Hurley and company at 6 o'clock tonight. So, and Rod, we've got uh, some great Monday Night Football tonight. There'll be quite the spectacle. Arrowhead Stadium tonight for Monday Night Football. Chiefs. Eagles. No, say, say there'll be some Taylor Swift conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. A lot of Kelsey conversation. I believe, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of Kelsey talk. The parents be there. It's going to be one of those. How things, about both but, parents? Like Taylor yeah. Swift's parents going to be there with the don't, Travis Kelsey parents. Yeah, don't let that distract you from a hell of a game. It might be the game of the year, potentially. Super Bowl rematch. Yeah, so it, it, it probably, you know, other than some Cowboys games, I mean, it'll definitely be the highest rated game of the, of the season, potentially. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, and because of all the extraneous fans that'll join because of the obvious uh, pop culture sensation going on uh, and People Magazine exploits. But, yeah, I mean, look, Kansas City 7-2, and two, the uh, Eagles are – and the Eagles are the birds are sitting there at eight and one. If you're a Cowboys fan, you become a huge Chiefs fan. You'd love to see the, the Eagles take a loss. So, you know, you're sitting at seven and three. If they were to lose, you'd be one game back. Yep. And remember, they play Philadelphia coming up, part of that, that five game gauntlet that they play, but they'll get them in Dallas. Uh, so, with the Cowboys, you know, holding serve and winning their games, we talked about when they had this three game stretch rod with after they lost to the Eagles. You know, Carolina, the Giants, and here comes the, the Washington Commanders, who just lost to the Giants yesterday, Rod. Oh, man, it's crazy. Cowboys have a real good chance to be sitting at 8-3 and three, uh, into that stretch into, into December that's, that's really, really difficult. Uh, but, you know, that's where you want to be because you then control – you, know, you need the Eagles to take a loss here That's well, at Arrowhead yep. Stadium. And uh, both teams are off their bye week. This should be a heck of a game. Both teams will be relatively fresh and healthy. Both coaches, uh, including Andy Reid, have had a, an extra week to prep for this game. This one should be good tonight. Yeah, hard to, I don't know, hard to pick. I, the Eagles win in a lot of different ways. Uh, but, man, the Chiefs, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. I would say the Chiefs, I, I, I would pick the Chiefs in the playoffs in this scenario. But, man, I don't know, for some reason I think I'm leaning Eagles. It's interesting. Chiefs just don't – wide receiving core worries me. I just don't have faith in that well, wide but, receiving but, core. But if you're an Eagles fan, your pass defense worries you, right? It is, but can they can they, can they exploit the pass That's defense? right. That's what I – yeah. Because all, all they got is Kelsey. Yeah. I mean, if they got one guy – now that one guy is the greatest tight end of all time, and that's the greatest connection, arguably, in terms of quarterback and receiver chemistry with Mahomes and one of the most unique bromances ever – and his, his boo his boo's in attendance, so boo's every there. time his boo thing is there, he shows out. So that's definitely going to happen. Andy Reid with an extra week to prepare. Oh man, that's always a problem. Cause that guy's so damn creative. They're gonna have all types of little silly exotic looks and plays in there. So yeah, I guess I just talked myself into picking the Chiefs. <laughs> think, uh, it's hard to go against just, them at home. I just talked myself into picking the Chiefs there. there well, and of course the other side of that is the Chiefs defense. They're kind of built around their defense these days. Their defense is defense rock solid. Is legit. Uh, and they're going to give Jalen Hurts and company trouble. And then, you know, A.J. A. Brown's having a great year. Uh, they found a run game with DeAndre Swift and Jalen Hurts. So, no, this is a great matchup. It really is. And the Eagles, you know, kind of like the, Cow- the Longhorns. Their, their defense is really good, except they, they don't cover very well. Uh, they give up a lot of chunk plays in the passing game. Cowboys.
Cowboys took advantage of that a couple weeks ago, but still yeah. couldn't finish that deal. So fun game tonight to wrap up week 11. A lot of football coming, Rod. It's a feast of food and family and football here over the next week or so. It's one of the greatest holidays known to man. Golly. We yeah. got uh, all the Thanksgiving turkey you got mm-hmm. tonight, then you got three games on Thanksgiving, plus the Longhorns on Friday with a full slate, and then Saturday, Ohio State in. Gosh, look forward to next Sunday, Rod. I think uh, the Texans play Jacksonville mm-hmm. this weekend. So if you're a Texans fan, you're like, oh, my gosh, we all of a sudden have a huge game yep. with the team ahead of us in our division. Uh, Cowboys play Washington. So a uh, lot to like there, a lot to like there. There are a lot of people in Washington, by the way, that think that uh, Ron Rivera would have been fired if yeah. it weren't the short week. If it weren't the short week and they weren't playing Thursday because they were embarrassing yesterday against the New York Giants. A lot of people believe you could have more in-season uh, firings this year than you've had before well, instead most, of waiting to the end of the season. Most in Washington think that if, one the, of them. if the Cowboys do what they do and beat bad teams on Thursday, Turkey Day, that Ron Rivera probably won't survive after that, right? Because then they'll have 10 days off. And yep. you could see uh, the, the Cowboys could, could pretty much punch his pink slip ticket uh, with another win because they were not happy yesterday with their performance. Tommy DeVito. Tommy like shredded DeVito. Him. Shredded him, Rod. Tommy, hey, Tommy DeVito. Tommy D. Yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, let's get to uh, behind the burn orange curtain because it's all about Texas. They're sitting at 10-1. and one. Let's uh, talk to Rod about how they got there with a 26-16 win Saturday night. And they were all asking themselves the same questions. What is behind that curtain? All right, Longhorns with a big win uh, in Ames, Iowa. And you can tell the Longhorns had a lot of pride in that win. 26-16. It was ugly in the first half, uh, but the Longhorns, I think they knew they were going to be in in a bit of a fight uh, here against Iowa State, and it wasn't going to be pretty. They just had to get the win. Um, This is one of those times where I think Sark did a great job essentially giving Texas a schematic advantage in this game. Now, John Haycock is one of the best defensive minds in the country. As a matter of fact, I will say going into this game, had a top 10 second-half defense uh, in the country. And then and hell, uh, they, they were the best second-half defense in the Big 12, better than Texas because Texas' second-half defense, as we know, not as great. <laughs> right, they've given up some stuff in the second half of games, uh, especially when teams go past first. But in this matchup, you know, it's 6-3 going uh, into, the second, into the second half. And, you know, Sark has – and I've been talking about this three-high, three-down for a while, and, and Sark has got to figure it out, right? He's got to find an antidote to it. I don't know if he needs to vanquish the three-high, right? but he's definitely got to solve it because he's, he's going to see it so much. And he's seen it, what, four times, four or five times already this season. Talking about Wyoming used it. Uh, Rice threw it out there for a couple of plays. Uh, U of H used it. Um, you know, Wyoming, it was their base. You got TCU, then you got K-State, uh, and, of course, Iowa State. And you got one of the pioneers, John Haycock, who's one of the founding fathers of the three high, three down. And, you know, Texas, they, Texas scored right around what they're close to their average is when they go against three high three down defenses, which is around 26 points. I mean, they're scoring close to a touchdown fewer points per game uh, when they face three high three down defenses. But this game, and I've been saying this for a while, you guys have heard me discuss the chess match within the game. You know, this game is all about Sark becoming a chess master, having to match wits and outwit John Haycock. Because sometimes you don't play the hand, you play the man. Right, and, and there are times where you just gotta you gotta be able to outwit the, the the defensive coordinator or the offensive coordinator on the opposing sideline. And I thought Sark did that. 
I thought he became a chess master in this game. And there are a lot of things limiting the Texas offense. They, you know, obviously had to deal with Jonathan Brooks and that Jay Brooks injury. Uh, there were some other guys getting nicked up early on in that game, and they couldn't find a rhythm. And we knew that was going to happen. I told you guys, without Jay Brooks, he's been the engine for that offense. They're probably going to struggle to find their rhythm early on. They may hit some shot plays here and there, but uh, they're not going to find a groove. And they didn't really find a groove. And, and Quinn didn't find his groove really in the first half either. And I'll tell you what I saw in the second half, and it's only specific plays. It's still really not until they were closing the game out with that long drive with C.J. Uh, Baxter. I don't know. That's, that's maybe the only time they really found a true groove in the game, in my opinion, where they actually found a rhythm offensively. But Sark was able to dial up specific plays, and I thought he did a great job. Now let's go talk about the first drive out of the, sec, out of the, uh, the halftime in the second half where Texas, there are two plays I want to get into specifically here. One is a second and 10. And you're talking about the, the uh, sec, after the second quarter. So the first drive I take is nine play touchdown so drive, six, 91 it, yards. Texas leads 6-3 six six three. at that time. Yes, it's 6-3. Defense gets a three and Texas, out. No, or they got, got, like got off the field. Yeah, they got off the field. They made them punt. It was like seven plays. They made them punt. Um, and I say try to just control the ball. Texas gets the ball back. It is 6-3. And there is a, and you get a 21-yard run by C.J. Baxter early on in that drive on second and seven. There's a second and ten, and second on the second and ten they go empty. Now Sark has started out in empty. Took my, you know, my advice, or at least he agrees with my theory. When you're going up against three high, three down defense, which their unique strengths is to uh, distort and disguise the defensive coverages and the fronts and the pressure packages really well, probably better than other defensive displays or presentations. And you have to, you have to find a way to force that defense to abandon its disguise and distortion and declare itself. And empty, extreme formation, right? Extreme formations, extreme personnel packages, it forces you to do that. So Zark came out a lot in empty. And, but I think in the first half, his empty formation stuff, it was largely troubleshooting. I think he was just trying to figure out exactly how uh, John Haycock and Iowa State wanted to attack Texas. And in the second half, he came out with some adjustments to some of his extreme formations. Uh, an empty formation was one he used a lot in the first half, but he didn't really have a lot of success. Matter of fact, Texas took some sacks, a couple of sacks, I believe, on those empty formations because Quinn wasn't great when they took his first read away. And when you get Quinn deeper into progressions, as we know, that's when Quinn struggles, when he's holding on to the ball, starts patting the ball, and then he looks a little erratic, right? He looks a little discombobulated in the pocket, and they got to Quinn. They got to him four times. Two of those actually were in uh, in empty, which is counterintuitive, guys, because empty formation, from all of my studies, the sack rates drop in empty, right, because the ball's coming out quick. And when you're holding on to the ball, something went wrong in empty. You're supposed to be holding on to the ball. The ball's supposed to be out, right, because you don't have pass protection. So Sark's adjustment in empty formation on this play, second and 10, he had X uh, in the slot. He had X run, essentially X-Men. He ran a, a fake stop uh, on the drag route. He has basically a hesitation drag route, and the hesitation was key, and it was, it was a changeup. Now, I'm not sure if Sark made this adjustment, or it could have been a side adjustment by X-Men and Quinn. I hope it's the latter, but either way, it doesn't matter. They came out in the second half, and like I said, they, they won the chess match within the game. And the Iowa State defenders, right, their key is, oh, this guy is coming down the drag route, and he, he stops. He stops. He's my man. I'm going to match him because he's the only guy in my zone. But if he continues, I'm going to pass him off. 
So essentially, when uh, X-Men comes out and he does the hesitation, he stops and then he ends up continuing. Essentially, it threw off all the keys for the Iowa State defender. He thought he was going to match him, and he came to match him, and X-Man continues on his own, and he didn't pass him off in his own because the other defender thought he was stopping, and the other defender continued to find work. The guy he was going to pass him off to in his own, he went to go find work. Why? Because, well, the guy, he already stopped. He's going to get matched by that linebacker, so I can go find work, and I can drift. And when he drifted, X-Men went right to that spot, that, he, that void that he drifted away from. It's a simple, simple sight adjustment, but it got him a 19-yard gain on empty. And it was all about getting Quinn to buy some time in the pocket. Quinn was already doing that, but when he was buying time in the pocket, he, didn't, he wasn't going through his progressions right. well enough and effective enough. So what did Sark do? Sark said, okay, I know my quarterback isn't great deep into progression reads. He's just not. We all know that. We've talked about how Quinn's a first read thrower, right? First window thrower. So I'm going to give him a predetermined throw. I'm going to give him X-Man, but I'm going to essentially make it an option route. He still knows X-Man is his read, but I'm going to clear up X-Man. If X-Man's wide open when they run that stop route, hell, X-Man, just stay right there. You're wide open. And he's still your read. But if you're not, and that linebacker does try to match you, then stop, hesitation, continue. All right? And then that was the side adjustment. It was a 19-yard gate. It was, it was beautiful. And it was, one of the, it was probably the most successful empty formation play they ran. Because actually the empty formation plays, although exposing the three high, forcing it to declare itself, it didn't actually get you a lot of chunk yardage plays. You didn't have the explosive play factor because he was just troubleshooting. He was trying to actually see, all right, and stress that defense to see exactly where the vulnerabilities were. And he found one in the second half. He found another one, right, on that same drive, the Jay Witt touchdown play which was stalk, block, and go. Once again, using the keys of a fundamentally sound, assignment sound defense against him. Right? So when he goes to stalk, block, and go on that touchdown play for Jay Witt, was it third and one? Yeah, that's Every, a bad spot, by the way, by the official. It was a bad spot. Third and one, you're going uh, 12 personnel, so you got two tight ends in there, uh, and you're going two-by-two two sets with an offset wing, Everything says run. It all says run. It, everything's body language and even the Jay Witt stalk, block, and go. Beautiful body language by Jay Witt. And you use the keys of Iowa State defenders against him. They're all thinking, all right, this guy's coming to block me. If he's coming to block me, that defender on the outside who's responsible for Jay Witt, you pass him off because he's essentially he's going to block the defender. You become the force defender on the outside. And that's just what that DB was thinking. All right, you go crack, crack, crack. That means you're going to crack the inside linebacker. I'm going to feel the void there. I'm going to feel enforced run defense on the outside. That's what he went to do, and that's all the hesitation. That's all the little bit of a delay, if you will, that Jay Witt needed, and boom, he's wide open. These are small little things, and by the way, it doesn't, it doesn't cause, at least it doesn't need your quarterback to have to go through a deep progression. It's, it's still one read. One window, first window throws, right? That's the first window throw. The Gunner Helm play, right? Gunner Helm runs a what essentially is a drag wheel route to the opposite side of the formation. 30 ends up being a 30-plus yard touchdown. That's on first and 10, and it's from a quads. They go from quads, extreme formation, right, and motion to two-by-two two with the offset wing. They go play action, and he also, what? Stalk, block, and go. 
All right, so if you go stock block and go, that defender's going to pass you off so he can go force run defense. He's thinking he's a blocker. I'm going to run defend. And once again, using the keys of the Iowa State defenders against him, yeah, sometimes your eyes do lie to you, and he gets an easy 31-yard touchdown. But the key is it's, you're not forcing your quarterback to go through a progression anymore. These are still first read, predetermined throws beforehand. Gunnar Helm's my guy. I'm going to get him open. All right, I'm going to scheme him open with wide window throws, but I'm not going to force my quarterback to go through a progression because against the three high, that's when Quinn was getting in trouble. That's when he was holding on to the ball, getting sacked. And it, uh, usually he checks down really early in that route combination and doesn't even go through the progression. And that's when Sark decided, all right, I can get deep downfield, not, no progression throws, predetermined reads, first window reads, but I got to scheme him open. And he did it multiple times. It was brilliant. He also did it on that P.I. with the double move with A.D. Mitchell. Should have been a touchdown, but it was a bad throw. Still got your P.I. call. Those uh, are four plays in the, in the second half. We did the same thing. First window throws, predetermined throws for your quarterback because I don't trust him going through progressions against this three-high, three-down defense. And it was a brilliant adjustment. Great game plan. And that's probably why he didn't argue the, the third and one spot. And like it looked like A.D. Mitchell had gotten the first down on that play. Didn't even challenge it. Just came out and kind of felt like he had a play. And yeah. It, it, you know, this, you know to, to fake the block is a great one for Jordan Whittington because he's such a good blocker. Mm-hmm. It would make sense that he'd be blocking in a run play like oh, that because he doesn't really? mind uh, sticking his head in there. Great play calling by Sark. Longhorns get the win because, uh, to your point, Quinn had taken four sacks in mm-hmm. the first half because yeah. uh, he he's was going through the progressions the and tapping the ball. And they yeah. brought extra people a couple times on those and mm-hmm. um, you know that that team was 113th in sack rate in the country yet they had four sacks in the first half uh, none in the second half as uh, they, they cleaned it up and give Sark a lot of credit right there Longhorns get the win 26-16 four huge plays that really separated the game on top of the great defense uh, from the uh, front interior all right we'll come back when we do some uh, what the facts outside of uh, the Longhorns we'll come back and hear from Sark as well talking about the game how they took it personally some of the the, the talk from Iowa State about their culture uh, they like their culture we're here from Sark coming up. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B on a Monday. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. What the facts time ahead of the uh, top of the 7 o'clock hour, wrapping up hour one of five here on Hook'em Up. Lot to do next hour. We'll get the headlines here from Sark in the locker room and in the postgame after the uh, 26-16 Texas win that got Texas to 10 wins for the first time since 09, the first time ever for a Steve Sarkeesian coach team to 10 wins. They hope to get to 11 on Friday. So we'll hear that. Plus, Rod has a rant coming up in the next hour, which will be good stuff. Uh, how about these what the facts, Rod? It's what official facts, now. Thanks, man. December 30th, 2023, Jerry Jones has announced that uh, Jimmy Johnson will finally take his rightful place in the Cowboys' ring of honor. Thank the Lord. We'll hear it coming up next hour, but he kind of screwed up the announcement. He was ahead of the game on Fox yesterday. He was telling Jerry, Jimmy Johnson, and he said 19. He said December 30th of 1923 uh, or something like that. And Jim, Jim was like, are you, you mean 2023? <laughs> <laughs> no, but then they went on and had an interview, and the Cowboys went on to wallop the, uh, the Panthers. That's good stuff, man. Also, Rod, tonight's uh, to Mike's Super Bowl rematch between the Chiefs and uh, Eagles. How about this? This is the first – this is only the third time in the Super Bowl era in which both Super Bowl teams from the prior season had the best outright record in their respective conferences through at least 10 weeks of the season. So both teams who were in the Super Bowl through 10 weeks, both playing great. Last time it happened was 1979, the Cowboys and Steelers. 
how long ago it's been. That's Before crazy. that, it was 75 with the Vikings and Steelers. Yeah. So Because t- typically there's a Super Bowl hangover for right. a team, right, yeah. where they come out and they don't perform as well. That has been the rule usually. Yeah. That is not the case this year. You got 8-2 and two against 8-1 uh, and one against 7-2, and two, and they'll play tonight on Monday Night Football. That's a good game, Rod. Oh, it's a great game. I could say it might end up being the game of the year. I hope it doesn't disappoint. I don't see how it could unless there's an injury of some sort. And nobody's hoping on that. Not nobody's good. hoping on that. Uh, all right. Let's get to – I got a couple of facts for you. Give it to me. How about this? Uh, the Jets have converted oh. third downs at a rate of 22.9%, the lowest of any team in, Is NFL, that bad? in recorded history. The lowest team of any NFL team in recorded history. Since 1972, only three teams have had a conversion rate below 25%. The 76 Bucks, the 05 49ers, and the 02 Cowboys. Damn. That's bad. That's ugly. U-G-L-Y. That's no alibi. Yeah, well, Jets, uh, they benched Zach Wilson finally yesterday uh, for Robert Sala. No word. I mean, obviously, they, they, they met, navigated after Aaron Rodgers got hurt. But uh, it's a long season, Rod, and things get exposed. You get worse, and injuries set in, and the Jets aren't a very good football team right now. Bills beat them up. Then they had a big fight in the tunnel, apparently. Uh, I got another one for you. This is a good one, too. Okay, so Iowa football, their offense is archaic. They're playing in the Big Ten championship game. Yeah. They're, they're averaging 18 points per game. Only 10 teams in college football average less, average fewer points per game than our. But they're 9-2, and two, and like you said, headed to the Big Ten title game. Their defense is legit, though. Their defense is the real deal. They got elite defense. But their offense, as elite as their defense is, their offense is just as it's anemic as their as their defense is elite. It's it's crazy. They'll they'll get the winner of the Michigan Ohio State game this week uh, in Ann Arbor uh, in the Big Ten title game. How about this, Rod? The two highest paid quarterbacks in terms of guaranteed money in their current contracts in the NFL now both out for the season now in the National Football League. Deshaun Watson and Joe Burrow. Both done for the year. That obviously opens the door for the Baltimore Ravens in that division. They're already on top of the division. Uh, But the Browns beat the Steelers yesterday with uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson leading the way. They win that game. Speaking of low-scoring teams, 13-10. They kick a field goal at the end to win that game. Mike Tomlin's team uh, loses a game in Cleveland against essentially a third third quarterback there. But uh, two highest-paid quarterbacks in terms of guaranteed money won't play again this year. Wow. Ravens are going to win that division yeah. pretty easily, I think. I think oh, no, you picked, them, you picked them, though. And they, honestly, I think they would have won it even if Joe Burrow would have been healthy. I, I think your, your, your first uh, gut feeling on Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, was right with the money. And they've been dealing with injuries. They still could get healthy at, like, the right time potentially. Yeah, they're, they, they, they might be the best team. And the Chiefs obviously have a chance to, to show that tonight. And Jacksonville had an easy win yesterday over a bad Titans team. Uh, but look, as I mentioned, Rod, the, the Houston Texans, who won again yesterday, beat Arizona 21-16 despite three C.J. Stroud interceptions. And the Texans kept coughing it up in their scoring zone. They had a chance to blow that game out. And for the first time, we saw C.J. Stroud make some, some uncharacteristic errors. But they still won the game. So now they play Jacksonville this Sunday. They're just a game back of the Jags in Houston. Remember, they beat the Jags in Jacksonville. Yes, they which, did. Which they always do. Um, but, Houston yeah, be- Houston's got shit. How about this? I'll give you a stat about Houston since we're talking about the Texans. The Texans, first offense in NFL history to have three receivers with multiple games of 140-plus receiving yards in the same season. Tank Dell yesterday. Tank Dell's done it twice. So has Noah Brown. So has Nico Collins. Only the 26th offense to have six such games in a season by its players. Crazy. Hey, listen, uh, and after the game, C.J. Stroud was asked about his interceptions, and he says, somebody asked him, do you think it'll, it'll make you a little more cautious? And he said, 
Does Steph Curry stop shooting? Damn right. When he has a bad night? I love this dude. I'll keep throwing. Damn. I'll keep it. And there were, one of them was a tip ball where it should have been a pass interference on Arizona. The guy, Robert Woods, they grabbed his arms and so he couldn't catch the ball and it popped up in the air down by the goal line. Uh, interception should have been a defensive pass interference call. The third interception was a really bad throw. That was his, he was throwing off his back foot and tried to force one in there on a third down. It was like, it's like his fourth bad throw of the season. I know. <laughs> it's like, it was. But they was still, the game was still in doubt at that point. It was yeah. a one you really can't make, and that's why Don't forget he's a rookie, play. guys. I know he's played so well. Don't forget he's still a rookie. He is. He's still a rookie. He's but think about that. He's going to do something that looks like a rookie. The Houston Texans will play this Sunday for first place. If they beat Jacksonville, they'll be even and have two wins over the Jags on Sunday. So first time in five years, a huge game for Houston. Dallas, just do what they do. They beat up on bad teams. Has there been a team that, like, they're really good, the Cowboys? But Cardinals, that's the only I, bad team they didn't beat up on. How many unwatchable games can you I mean, the game was like... It's like, ugh. No, I haven't finished watching one of those Cowboys games in a while. The ones they did. Because they're so dominant. Out, yeah, it's just, it's not even worth it. It's like, I'll go back and rewatch it. <laughs> i got to watch something else. I don't know what we're going to get on Thanksgiving. <laughs> we'll I get another one. True. If you're looking for a football game, but obviously we'll then, uh, you know, be beating turkey and stuff. So. Oh, yeah. 49ers Seahawks will go. That will be a good one. 49ers good. look good yesterday. All right, we'll come back. When we do uh, more of the facts for the weekend, the good, the bad, and the ugly, Longhorns are sitting at 10-1 and, and in a good spot to uh, get to the Big 12 title game and maybe more. It took them up with Ian Rodby.